0: Excited about one of the releases from March 1st. This is one that I was really super excited about. If you want to go ahead and jump into it, mm-hmm. and we can do that. There's a new, uh, it's basically a subsidiary of Vinegar Syndrome, which we've uh, referenced many times on the show. And they have, Vinegar Syndrome has gotten access to the United Artists catalog. And so they're putting out some some things from United Artists that have never been issued before. A couple of months ago, they did Pandemonium, which I, I think is quite funny and would highly recommend. It's a horror film parody. Uh, and this month, they have issued Jeremy from 1973, starring Robbie Benson and Glendis O'Connor. I think this is a lovely, lovely film about uh, love at the adolescent stage of life. Uh, they're both... 12 13 years old and it's a simple story it's, it was filmed on a micro budget uh it won um i think it won the uh, grand prize at the Cannes film festival in 1973 i believe it, it did win a prize at Cannes. i'm not sure if it was the uh, i don't have the information it's the best first film i'm sorry i just found it best first film at Cannes for its writer director arthur baron and uh Anyway, it's just a beautiful, simple story about adolescents falling in love and then going their separate ways. And it uh, it's filmed on a very micro budget on 16 millimeter film, but this is just a a beautiful little film. Uh, I don't want to oversell it because you know it's um, it's not a film that hinges on plot. It's more about the characters and and uh, the you know the things that uh, you know. And and it was filmed at a time, obviously, before social media where Once somebody uh, went their separate ways, it wasn't likely you were going to be seeing them again. So that makes the film all the more poignant. It's also worth noting that the film has uh, songs, original songs that were written by Mr. Joe Brooks, who only four years later would go on to fame as the writer and director and songwriter for You Light Up My Life. He won the Oscar, of course, famously in 1977, and and infamously uh, his life ended – in a very negative way, years later, but we'll not get into those sorted details at this moment. But <laughs> nonetheless, it's it's uh, his songs for the film are very lovely and uh, sung by the leads of the film, Glennis O'Connor and uh, Robbie Benson. But anyway, there's a new video introduction here by Glennis O'Connor. Uh, it's a new 2K res- restoration from the 35 millimeter uh, internegative. And there's a newly filmed interview with actors Robbie Benson and Glennis O'Connor, and this is very touching because uh, Robbie Benson actually gets very emotional on camera because apparently they had an off-screen romance as well mm. at this uh, pivotal time in their lives. And he remembers it very fondly uh, in this featurette, which is about 20 minutes. It's, uh, it's quite moving. There's a, vi- uh, a Phantom of Delight, a new video essay by filmmaker Chris O'Neill, a theatrical trailer, and the Trailers from Hell trailer commentary by Larry Karaszewski, who's also a huge fan of this film, like myself. There's an image gallery, uh, and there's a booklet with a new film es- new essay by Bill Ackerman, and a newly recorded audio commentary by Kat Ellinger and the recently deceased Mike McPadden. He- uh, recorded this right before his untimely passing of a heart attack last year. He was a uh, a fellow podcaster that uh, was um, is sadly missed, and he, this is dedicated to him. So anyway, Jeremy from Fun City Editions uh, is one of my picks of the month. I just absolutely loved loved the fact that this is out on Blu-ray and uh, that it's so lovingly it's done with so much love and care for by people who care for this film as I do. So anyway,
1: now does uh, she remember the relationship as fondly as Robert Benson does?
0: She seems to, uh, in the film, she doesn't really get uh, emotional as, as he does, but she does remember it very, and she does recount some of the dates that they had, uh, off screen. And, uh, she says he actually took her to some of the places that are in the film on dates when they were not filming, <laughs> which is mm. funny. There's a scene where they go to the, these, uh, horse stables, uh, and he's uh, he he likes to watch the horses uh, during the horse races. He never gambles because he's he doesn't like to take chances on things like that. But uh, he enjoys watching them race. And he takes her in this really moving scene to the the um the stables. And he she said that he took her there in real life.
1: It'd be funny if he were speaking so intensely about their relationship and tearing up, and then it cuts to her and she's like, he was all right. <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny. <laughs> Yeah. So Jeremy is to you what something like a little romance was to Dean.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm a big fan of a little romance as well. I have to admit. So, uh, it, it's on that level for me. I, I would consider them, um, siblings of, of a sort because they're both about, you know, adolescent love and, uh, parting eventually, uh, mm-hmm. as they, as the characters do in both films. And so there's some similarities you can definitely find there. So I, I love them both as well. So I, I have to admit I'm, i'm quite keen on uh, a little romance as well but that was released last year so uh thankfully that's been done we have uh the 15th anniversary of she's the man starring channing tatum from paramount (laughs) Uh, i think this was a dreamworks comedy i believe it was and they've gotten the uh, distribution rights to the dreamworks stuff so so there you have it uh she's the man And we have a new 4K edition of uh, The War of the Worlds. It's been previously issued in 4K, but they have repackaged it. I think this may be a steelbook. The uh, Steven Spielberg War of the Worlds, of course. We have Monster Hunter in 4K, which is a 2020 release. It's one of the newer ones. That's a a 4K release too, um, as well as Blu-ray. And the new documentary about Frank Zappa that came out last year, directed by Alex Winter. Don't know if any thought mm-hmm. listeners have seen it, I did see it. Uh, quite enjoyed it. Uh, it's pretty revelatory. There's a lot of uh, access that he has to previously unseen footage, and you know, I just always liked the um, the spirit of Frank Zappa. I wasn't a real big fan of his music; just didn't do a whole lot for me. But his uh, spirit of anarchy, I guess you would say, and his uh, <laughs> rebel spirit, I guess, his his spirit of rebelliousness that he uh, had, I just, I don't know, it appealed to me and um so anyway i i would recommend the uh the zappa documentary which i think is out from magnolia so a couple of kino releases here we have bob hope uh two two from bob three from bob hope actually we have my favorite blonde from 1942 nothing but the truth from 1941 and caught in the draft from 1941 hmm. so we have all three of those bob hope they, they're getting around to putting out all these bob hopes they they did quite a few last year and um and they have uh, continued with the Bob Hope catalog. I think uh, most of those were released by Paramount originally, and they have access to the Paramount catalog, so I think that's what that is all about. March 9th, Mill Creek has the distribution rights for quite a few of the Universal titles from the 90s, and here are a sampling, and the late 80s, I should say, too. Uh, Gorillas in the Mist is one of the better ones in this batch. Uh, directed by the recently deceased Michael Apted, and uh, then we get into the ones that are of more questionable quality. Gold Diggers, the secret of <laughs> uh, the, this is the one. To, the secret of oh, what is it's Gold Diggers. The I can't. I remember I was a projectionist when the. Uh, we had this film, but I can't remember what the subtitle of it I
1: can't remember was. what the secret was. It was that secret.
0: Yeah, uh, the secret of Bear Mountain, that's it. Oh, okay. Uh, from 1995. Yeah, I was a projectionist when this one was released. Uh, so we have that. And we also have uh, Stop or My Mom Will Shoot from mm. 1992. Uh, <laughs> don't know what to say about that one. <laughs>
1: Does it have any extras on it?
0: I don't believe so. I don't think... He's is that is
1: that a Spottiswood?
0: Uh, it is, yes. Wow. Yeah, Estelle Getty and Stallone. Of course, when Stallone was in that period where he was trying to shake his his previous image and dipping his toes into comedy as he did with Oscar, which I think is a little bit better than this because you have John Landis directing, but uh, not necessarily Stopper My Mom Will Shoot. That doesn't quite work. Uh <laughs> Yeah, and then we have The Babe from the same year uh, starring John Goodman and boy, I'm I'm telling you I saw that one once in a theater when it came out and I have not returned to it I remember it just oh, being really really bad and a lot of people say that the Babe Babe Ruth story from the, I think it was uh, William Bendix played him in the original 1940's version and they always cite that as being one of the worst biopics but boy, I think this one's right there with it Uh, and I remember the scene. Where Ron Shelton, right? Uh, no, I don't think Didn't so. I think Shelton it's Rob Co- I want to say Rob Cohen. Really? Uh, I believe, but I don't. I don't think it's Ron Shelton because he did Cobb.
1: Cobb. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, The Babe is Arthur Hiller.
0: Arthur Hill. Oh God. Arthur yeah.
1: Well, that tells you right there. That's a Hiller.
0: Yeah, that's a. Uh, yeah, well, there's some there's some good films on Hiller's resume, in spite of. Hiller, he was kind of a director for hire, and (laughs) sometimes he would step up to the challenge. But this is not one of those times. And boy, uh, it's just there's a scene in it I remember, the one that made me groan so loudly was the I think he hits a ball into the air and it just miraculously hangs in the air while he runs around uh, through all the bases. So and there's the, the you know all the the stuff that tries to pull at your heartstrings where they have the sick children and that he's. I don't know. I can't remember all the ins, outs, and what have you, but I just remember it being pretty bad. Oh, boy. So, anyway, but if you are a fan of The Babe, uh, and I remember Leonard Maltin gave it three stars or something in his movie guide, and that was inexplicable. I couldn't quite uh, figure that one out, but Uh, anyway, for whatever it's worth. Um yeah, so there's a double feature of My Girl and My Girl 2 that uh, Mill Creek has also issued. Uh, so you get both for the price of one. And then we have a couple of Kino titles here. We have Bring Me the Head of Alfredo Garcia has been issued on Blu-ray for the third time by Kino. Uh, there were, there were, it was initially released by Twilight Time. And then that went out of print. And then Twilight Time did an encore edition where they brought it out. Again, it sold out the second time, and now it has been reissued by Kino for a third time. And uh, I think there's a new commentary here, but all the other extras carry over. But, um, you know, peck and paw. What, what yeah. can you say? I mean, it definitely has its moments. And um, I'm a fan, I will admit. The Forest from 1982 is a. Uh, this is uh, distributed by Kino, actually. It's one of their uh, subsidiary uh, labels. Uh, it's a horror film from 1982, The Forest. And um, and then we move on to The Choir Boys from 1977, which was uh, – this was an interesting cast in this one. Charles Derning, Louis Gossett, Jr., uh, Perry King, Randy Quaid, James Woods, Burt Young. Mm. And it was uh, one of those Joseph Wambaugh Adaptations, you know, they had, they were, they were a thing during the '70s with the new Centurions and uh, the Blue Knight on television, and of course, Police Story. Those were all Joseph Wambaugh. He was a former cop who wrote about his experiences, and so they turned these into, um, to films and TV shows. He was the hot property at the time, and this was uh, considered to be one of the uh, lesser efforts i've never seen the choir boys i requested a review title and did not get one unfortunately because i wanted to be able to talk about it but um it is directed by robert aldrich who you know pretty pretty well-known filmmaker who gave us whatever happened to baby jane hush hush sweet charlotte and kiss me deadly and many many others so uh but i'm i'm told it's not one of the bright spots on his resume so anyway the choir boys has a new audio commentary uh, also have uh, from Kino, The Don Is Dead, starring Anthony Quinn from 1973. And That has a new audio commentary as well. And uh, we have The Dam Busters from 1955. That is a uh, a British action film from uh, it's ooh, directed by Michael Anderson actually. And there's some new extras on this, new transfer. Uh, I don't. I think this is uh, the full-length version of the film. I think it was truncated in its uh, previous American release. But Film Movement has issued the Dam Busters, and they've also issued two other uh, action dramas from the 50s: uh, the original version of Dunkirk from 1958, and Ice Cold in Alex. Uh, like I said, all three of these available from Film Movement, and we have the great. Caruso from Warner Archive, which is uh, one of the musical biopics of the 50s. This one uh, obviously is the story of the singing idol Enrico Caruso, and he's played by the renowned tenor Mario Lanza in this film. It was a a huge box office hit at the time and uh, used to turn up on cable quite a bit. I remember uh, when I, in the early days of uh, HBO in the early 80s, it was nominated for three 1951 Academy Awards, and the movie won for Best Sound Recording. It was produced by the legendary Joe Pasternak, and it has a documentary about the real Mario Lanza singing to the gods as an extra here, and the theatrical trailer. The interesting thing about uh, The Great Caruso is that uh, Mario Lanza's oh. life was very eerily similar to the person that he was portraying uh, because he died at a very young age, as did the uh, the real Caruso. I'm told that this film is uh, pretty close to the truth. I've never done the research, but they say it's one of the more uh, realistic biopics. Hmm. So uh, anyway, like I said, a, uh, one of those MGM musical romances filmed in Technicolor, but Warner Archive has done a wonderful job uh, bringing this one out on Blu-ray, as they usually do with their stellar work. We're going to move up to March 16th. We have Promising Young Woman from last year, which is one of my favorite films of last year, certainly in my top five. I think you were a fan of it as well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, we would highly recommend that. that has uh, got some Oscar uh, nominations, of course, and so uh, it's it's definitely worth your time. Universal has issued that. Um in in Blu-ray format. Not 4K, just Blu-ray, but anyway, uh Runaway Train from nineteen eighty-five is a keyno release. This uh, again has previously been issued by Twilight Time. This is the second time it's out on Blu-ray. It's uh I think it may be the same transfer. I think there may be a new audio commentary here and some of the carryover extras from the Twilight Time release. But uh Oscar nominated, of course, one of the few Canon films that actually uh is uh, a serious film, good. I would say. Right? Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. Uh, film they had, you know, it was uh, based on an un- unproduced screenplay by Akira Kurosawa, of course, and famously, and uh, really good performances. And the title pretty much tells you everything you need to know. It's about a runaway train, but very well done. And uh, I would recommend it. I am a fan. Um, yeah. So Crossfire. Speaking of Oscar nominees from Night. 1947. This one was nominated for five Academy Awards, including Best Picture. Uh, it's basically about uh, these, uh, a police detective who's investigating a man's death by beating, and the man was killed because he was a Jew. Um, Robert Young is that detective, and Robert Mitchum is uh, the sergeant, army sergeant, who's assisting in the investigation. And Robert Ryan is the uh, vicious bigot. Hmm. This was a film noir that uh, caused quite a stir at the time. I, uh, it still, is pretty powerful uh, uh, in in terms of being a portrait of anti-Semitism. Uh, I'm told that the original source material that it's based on, however, was about um, the the character was was killed because he was a homosexual, but um, in this uh, obviously with the radio with the production code they had to change it uh, to the fact that he was a Jew. So it's it's been changed a little bit. But nevertheless, still powerful, directed by Edward Dimitrik And we have a commentary by film historians Elaine Silver, James Ursini, and audio interview excerpts of the director himself, Edward Dimitric. And There's a feature at Crossfire. Hate is like a gun. And of course you've got the great new transfer that Warner Archive is that they do so well from the Warner motion picture imaging uh, that handles all their transfers. So Anyway, there you go. A Damn Yankees is another of the Warner Archive titles that has been issued during the month of March. Uh, we also we have, of course, uh, choreography by Bob Fosse in this one, and he gets to dance with uh, Gwen Verdon, I think, in a scene in this one. Um, yeah, we have. It's uh, basically the movie adaptation of the uh, Broadway hit that uh, played for a. 1019 performances and they were able to include most of the original New York lineup including the Tony Award winning obviously uh, we just mentioned Gwen Verdon and Lola and Ray Walston as well and Tab Hunter of course uh, the music and lyrics of course being by Richard Adler and Jerry Ross and directed, co-directed by Gr- George Abbott and Stanley Donan there are no extras on this, but it's a new transfer, and it really looks good. So if you're a fan of damn Yankees, uh, you know, there you have it.
1: I wonder if there are any um, horror stories of from the cast when Jerry Lewis took over that part on Broadway. Towards the, <laughs> <think of> the <laughs> 90s or early 2000s.
0: Yeah, I'd like to know. That would be uh, <clears throat> very curious to know about that. Yes, good uh I'm sure, you know, the good stories about Jerry Lewis are are, um, pretty rare. (laughs) And the few that do have good stories are like uh, Gilbert Gottfried famously says, Well, he was always nice to me. (laughs) Oh, boy. Anyway, Synapse Films has issued Running Time from 1997, starring Bruce Campbell. This is, uh, I think it's a revenge thriller. I never did see it, but I heard good things about it. uh, And it's filmed in real time. So we have uh, we we have uh, it's uh, 70 minutes I think it's very short but it's, uh, uh, it's, it's a it's Bruce Campbell revenge thriller that uh, like I said filmed in real time we have the Twiki Boiki from 1973 has been issued by Criterion and that is a um, I didn't get a review copy of this one so I really can't vouch for it but I know it uh, it has its its fans just wanted to mention that. Uh, Driving Miss Daisy has been out of print for a while, and it's been reissued by the Corner Archive. Uh, So it's available now, and you don't have to pay exorbitant prices to get it. Uh, And they've also reissued Peter Bogdanovich's What's Up, Doc, which is one of my favorite comedies of all time. Mm. And I often say that uh, if you don't think that film's funny, you're probably somebody I don't want to know. So (laughs) that's how strongly I feel about it. Damn. (laughs) I'm pretty pretty uh, much a defender of what's up, Doc. But um, <clears throat> that's another story. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good litmus test uh, when you're, uh, you're getting serious in a relationship when you show that to your partner, and if they sit there stone faced, you probably for me it would be a good uh, way to measure and see if it was going to last. That would tell me pretty much what I need to know. So, what if
1: what if your date thinks you're talking about Bugs Bunny? <laughs>
0: Well, if they think Bugs Funny cartoons are funny, that's a good sign. Uh, I'll go for that.
1: I have I've never seen What's Up Dog.
0: Oh my goodness. You got it, man. It is great. Hysterically funny. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's so so good. So so good. I could not recommend it more. I must have seen it a dozen times at the least and uh, probably a lot more than that. I I uh, I finally remember a good friend of mine that I went to high school with and he He's the one who first turned me on to it, uh, I guess I was about 15 at the time, and he told me that the What's Up Doc was his favorite comedy, and he th- it was one of the funniest movies he had ever seen, and have you seen it? And I was uh, obviously getting my cinematic education as I could going to the video stores, and he said, I- I'm not telling you that it's going to resonate with you, but uh, you know, I-, I think it's hysterically funny, and so I went and I rented it, and I laughed and I laughed and I laughed, and it's one of those movies that just repeats with it just gets better with repeat viewings Hmm. and it gets better every time you see it it gets funnier and funnier and funnier so it's just a a uh, and you know Bogdanovich has always said it was an ode to uh, the slapstick comedies of the 30s and frankly it's much better than most of the films that he's paying homage to so in my opinion so (laughs) anyway Celine and Julie Go Boating has been issued by Criterion. Uh, I know there were a lot of people who were uh, looking forward to this one, uh, this three-hour and 13-minute film uh, directed by Jacques Rivette about a pair of young women who find their lay- lives d- preempted by a strange melodrama that plays itself out in a hallucinatory parallel parallel reality. Boy, it's tongue twister. Uh, anyway, new extras here, uh, new commentaries, and Uh, New transfer for Celine and Julie go boating. This has been – it's been kind of hard to find I think. Hmm. Uh, But uh, I know there are people who really, really like this film. I I have to admit I have not seen it. It's one that I've always wanted to see but just never never happened. Uh, A pair of uh, Marty Feldman films have been issued by Kino in God We Trust – from 1980, and the last remake of Bo Jest, from 1977. Now, In God We Trust has been, um, uh, that was directed by Marty Feldman. And uh, so, and I, he may have directed the last remake of Bo Jest as well, I can't remember. Uh, I'm trying to check, just to make sure I have my facts right, but uh, I cannot say for sure. Yeah, he, he did, he did actually, yes. Uh, nice cast in the last remake of Bo Jest, uh, margaret Marty Feldman of course, Michael York, Peter Ustinov James Earl Jones and Trevor Howard and uh, that one got pretty good reviews when it came out uh, in God We Trust and not so much <laughs> I remember it was pretty well lambasted I've been watching some of the old uh, Siskel and Ebert episodes and I stumbled across one of those where they reviewed in God We Trust and they were not too kind to it but mm. um Anyway, so those are both from Kino. Did his like,
1: wife die with him?
0: Uh, Marty Feldman? I I don't know. I I know he had a uh, a heart attack, but I don't know uh, if she was there with, when it when it happened. I can't oh. say. All right. Yeah, there's there's a story about something that. Uh, <laughs> I forget who it was. There was a podcast I was listening to. There was somebody who was on the – who was in the film Yellowbeard, which he was filming at the time, and they, they startled him. And uh, they they said that he uh, – that night he died, and they've always joked about the fact that they may have inadvertently caused his heart attack. I can't remember who told that story, but
1: – yeah, uh, Okay, I got it now, because I looked him up, and it said that Loretta was his spouse until 1982, and I thought it meant that she died in 1982, the same year he did, but – when he died, they were no longer husband and wife. That's what it was trying oh, to say.
0: Oh, okay.
1: But she actually, okay. they have a website for her. Uh, the official the official MartyFeldman.com. And a lot of stuff is about her and her relationship with him. And I, I read that website just the other week, so that's what brought that it, to mind. Yeah,
0: interesting. <coughs> yeah, he was, uh, he was quite the talent. Uh, it's hard to believe he was accomplished so much, you know, and he was only 49 when he passed. So many films that that people remember him fondly for, so, yeah. Uh, The director Andy Anderson's 1987 thriller Positive ID has been issued. I'm not really familiar with this one, but uh, nevertheless, it's been issued by Kino. So, uh, it's another one of their releases for the month. And Let's see here. Seems to have lost my place. Uh, the Invisible Man appears, and the Invisible Man versus the uh, versus the human fly. These are two Japanese Invisible Man uh, made in Japan uh, takes on the Invisible Man uh, series. One of them, The Invisible Man appears, made in 1949, and the Invisible Man versus the human fly. Uh, uh, the Japanese film industry decided they were going to take on the subject of the Invisible Man. It might have been Toho, I'm not sure what the studio was, but anyway, Arrow Video has released both of these um, in separate editions with new extras. So if you're uh, if you've ever been curious to see uh, what the Japanese could do with the subject of the Invisible Man, there you have it. The Invisible Man appears in The Invisible Man versus the Human Fly, and Let's see. We'll move along here. We have, um, oh, The War Wagon from 1967. It stars Kirk Douglas and uh, John Wayne, yes, uh, from 1967. That's a keynote release as Mm -hmm. well. And then we move on to uh, March 23rd, which was last Tuesday. And we have Event Horizon, which uh, from 1997, a lot of people really like this movie. Uh, yeah. I always thought it was just kind of pedestrian, but a lot of people seem to be huge fans of this. It's one of those films that has a huge cult following. I, uh, You know, what, what can you say? But uh, nevertheless, uh, Scream and Shout Factory have issued it uh, in a deluxe new edition with lots of extras, lots of new extras. Um, scream and shout! They haven't put out anything new for the last couple of weeks, but or last couple of months rather. But they've got some new titles that are on the way, and this is kind of a, one of the, f- the first of the new batch they're doing. I guess uh, you may have seen last week that uh, Oliver Stone's The Hand is going to be issued by them, and they they actually got Oliver Stone to do a commentary and an on-camera interview about it. So yeah. that should be. Uh, I would like to hear his commentary about the The Hand. Because he seems to be fond of that film. Now? Yeah, now. now.
1: He wasn't years ago.
0: No, he was not. But yeah, he has definitely come around. That's uh, pretty pretty interesting how that works. Well, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I guess so when you're
1: yeah. out of fashion, it brings out a certain humility.
0: <laughs> he still staunchly defends uh, Alexander also, by the way. But Yeah. Uh, yeah, I can't can't say I share his enthusiasm with that one, but uh, uh, maybe it's just me. But anyway, uh, so Godzilla from 2014, obviously to tie in with Kong or Godzilla versus Kong rather, that's uh, coming to theaters and streaming very very soon as we tape this. Uh, the 2014 version of Godzilla is being issued on 4K by Warner Brothers proper. Uh, for those who like uh, Godzilla films where Godzilla barely shows up, this is, this is your movie. <laughs> That's true. Uh, <laughs> I remember being so disappointed by this film. I mean, there was so little Godzilla in the film. And I was like, what the – what is <laughs> – what's this all about? But um, anyway, uh, you know, I don't know. It's uh, It was the way they, they kicked off the uh, – the, the whole Legendary uh, Studios uh, monster universe, and they've done several, obviously, since then. Kong's Skull Island and the second Godzilla film, so this new one will be the fourth one in the series. But anyway, uh, you know, so the world of Wong Kar Wai is being issued by Criterion in a box set. It's all of the, uh, the Wong Kar Wai films. Mm. Uh, and they, there are several of these that have been out of print, and uh, I'm trying to get a list of all of the titles here. We have, um, oh, obviously, Happy Together from 1997, In the Mood for the Love, Chunking Express, Fallen Angels, 2046, As Tears Go By. Those are all included in this new box with lots of new extras if you're a fan of the works of Wong Kar Wai and I know Tarantino's a big fan I remember him loving uh, I believe it was King Express he he expressed his love for King Express many times So, yeah Gattaca from 1997 uh, issued on 4K by Sony that's one that seems to have had staying power a lot of people seem to remember that one fondly and so that's been issued on 4K yeah,
1: what's Andrew Nichol doing
0: that's a good question. I
1: haven't heard of him really in, in since uh, In Time, whatever that Justin Timberlake thing
0: was. Yeah, that was a quite kind of quite a come down from Gattaca in my opinion, but Uh yeah, true, very true. I don't know. Yeah, he kind of he's kind of falling off the, the radar. Yeah, and then we have a new 4K issue of Batman vs. Superman, The Dawn of Justice. I guess this is timed for the new Justice League four-hour cut that uh, has just hit streaming on HBO Max. But, uh, yeah, that's been reissued in 4K. And then we have uh, News of the World, the Tom Hanks film that was released around the holidays last year and has gotten some uh, critical love. I thought it was... Go ahead. What's I was just going to say I thought it was okay I can't say that I d- didn't love it, didn't hate it but um, you know I know a lot of people did so what were you going to say?
1: I was just going to ask you what you thought of it
0: Yeah, well how about you? What was your take on it?
1: I loved it, I didn't see it <laughs>
0: <laughs> Okay, well we'll just say that you loved it There you go uh, Yeah. It it's, could
1: it's, be the best movie from last year that I haven't seen There's a possibility.
0: There is that possibility. Well, we'll we'll wait with uh, bated breath to find out what you think about it. But uh, The Bloodhound from 19... Actually, this is a 2020 film from uh, being issued by Arrow. A visit to a wealthy and reclusive friend lands a young man in a world of fear and despair. Uh, This is a pretty well-reviewed horror film from last year. And like I said, Arrow uh, has... Has issued this one with some uh, extras, and I think it's the only time it's been released on Blu-ray, as far as I know. Uh, Kino has issued a couple of things that are interesting here. Cross Swords from 1977. This was, uh, I think, directed by Richard Fleischer. I want to say, um, I believe he was the director behind this. Yes, it's, uh, you know, it was around this. It was in between. Um, it was around the time they did the. Three Musketeers and the Four Musketeers and this one's uh, uh, based on a uh, Mark Twain social satire of course and it stars Oliver Reed, Raquel Welch Mark Lester, Ernest Borgnine, George C. Scott, Rex Harrison and it's the same producers as the the, the, uh, the Salkinds and the Pierre Springler, who did uh, Three and Four Musketeers and also did uh, Superman the Movie and Superman 2 and Superman threes. So. so yeah. So we have that. We have Doc from 1971, and that's uh, another version of the story of Doc Holliday that stars Stacy Keach. Is directed by um, Frank Perry. Mm-hmm. That's a Cannon release. Uh, so we have that one. We have Shootout from 1971, starring Gregory Peck and we also have rock hudson and dean martin in the western showdown from 1973 and we have breaking news in yuba county that's uh one of last year's films that went uh, straight to hbo max originally tend intended as a theatrical release about uh, a woman whose husband goes missing and uh, she gets a taste of local celebrity as she embarks on a search to find him, and we have uh, Allison Janney in the title role, or the lead role, not the title role. But also you have Mila Kunis and Aquafina and Wanda Sykes and Juliette Lewis and Regina Hall. So, uh, breaking news in Yuba County has been issued by Warner Brothers on Blu-ray for those who uh, directed by Tate Taylor. So wanted to mention that one. And all the Wong Car Wai films I meant to mention uh, that were issued uh, by Kino, or Criterion rather, they've all been issued separately in case you just don't want to buy the box and you want to get them separately. You can do that. So um, we're moving up to March 30th. Uh, there's quite a few things that are coming out on March 30th. We have, uh, for the first time ever, in 4K, The Ten Commandments, uh, the Cecil B. DeMille epic with new uh, transfer that features high dynamic range. And you have all the uh, previous extras from the Blu-ray, the commentaries and newsreels and all that stuff. And like I said, a new 4K transfer. It's uh, pretty spectacular. Uh, I haven't gotten a chance to actually see it for myself, but I'm told it's pretty spectacular. So I do have a review copy and we'll be... Uh, getting a look at it really shortly, uh, and another Cecil B. DeMille film. A lot of people say it's one of the worst winners of the Best Picture Oscar, but I, I tend to feel a little differently about that. It's not the worst. Uh, the Greatest Show on Earth. Uh, you know, it's <laughs> it uh, it has its charms, especially that pretty fantastic train wreck at the end of the film. Hmm. It's pretty spectacular. But uh, you know it's hit and miss, not not great, not terrible. Um, but anyway, never issued before on Blu-ray, first time ever. So um, there is one extra feature here. It's a filmmaker focus, Leonard Maltin, on the greatest show on earth. So uh, this is part of the Paramount Presents series. It's number sixteen in the series, which was launched last year, right as pan- as the uh, pandemic began. And they've uh, they've been steadily pumping these out, and uh, it's it's really nice. The packaging is great. They have a reproduction of the original film poster. Uh, it's it's pretty nice. So uh, yeah, Cecil B. DeMille's The Greatest Show on Earth being issued on Blu-ray by by the good folks at Paramount. Then we have Wonder Woman 1984, the uh, long-awaited sequel to much-anticipated, I should say, sequel to Wonder Woman that uh, kind of disappointed a lot of the the fans, although I saw them both and I didn't think it was any worse than the first one, uh, you know, is what it is. Um, uh, its it has been issued in both in 4k and blu-ray. Um, you know, there are a few extras here, the making of wonder woman. There's, um, uh, a few featurettes on uh, how certain scenes were filmed and, you know, that kind of thing. So, um, and there's a feature here called wonder woman, 1984 retro remake remix. I'm not sure what that, um, what that means but anyway 101 in <laughs> 1984
1: it's probably all the all the 84 stuff
0: i guess so. i guess you're right yeah probably so well anyway so a couple of uh films here from uh senate Cine- uh severin films rather uh the day of the beast a film by alex de La iglesia it's a uh horror film that uh it's uh, on the back of it says one of the very best, says Guillermo del Toro. Uh, I haven't I uh, was aware of this title and just got it in recently, so I haven't had a chance he to He could be
1: saying anything though.
0: He yeah, could. that's true. He could be. It's do, you know, do, taken do, out of context.
1: You do know. you really use
0: <laughs> That's what it says? Do you really context.
1: use that disc as a coaster? I said, like, oh yeah, it's one of the best. <laughs> <laughs> that's,
0: true, that's a good point. That's a good point. It's about a heavy metal fan. This is kind of a convoluted plot, and he's uh, he's uh, trying to, fi- to invoke the devil to find out where the place of birth of Christ is going to take place so he can... Uh, or the, uh, the place of birth of the Antichrist is going to take place so he can kill the Antichrist's baby. That's the plot of this film, but uh, it's being issued on 4K, believe it or not. Uh, but I know there are a lot of fans of... Uh, this one for the horror fans I, when I posted a picture of it I took a picture that I'd gotten a review copy they were like yeah that's nice and I was like well uh okay <laughs> I'll take your word for it I'll have to investigate another one that uh, they, they've they issued by the uh, I think this is the same director Perdita Durango starring Rosie Perez and mm-hmm. Javier Bardem mm-hmm. and,
1: uh, it's supposed to it, be a continuation of the uh, Wild at Heart the, the um Isabella Rossellini character I think didn't she play Perdita Durango
0: I think so yeah Yeah, it's it's right.
1: the side characters from Wild at Heart Barry Gifford continued the story I tried to read that book I think I got yeah. through it but it was tough going
0: I guess I need to uh, I guess I need to check it out for that reason if, if, if no other yeah um it has an interesting cast, like I said: Rosie Perez, Javier Bardem, James Gandolfini, and Screamin' Jay Hawkins. So, uh, where do you find a film with that kind of a cast? Hmm. <laughs> Pretty wild. Well, anyway, uh, yeah, Perdita Durango being issued in 4K with uh, new extras from uh, Severin Films. So uh, they're you know they're always known for their horror titles, and they. They dig up some obscure ones and give them the... you got to hand it to them. They give them the really deluxe uh, transfers and treatment. It's it's pretty nice what they do for fans of that. Uh, the Bad News Bears, 1976, the original, has been issued finally on Blu-ray, directed by the great Michael Ritchie and, of course, starring Walter Matthau and Tatum O'Neill. And this is uh, one of the great 70s comedies, I think. Uh, still a fan of it. Um, yeah still works it uh you know it's was issued on dvd years and years ago but never made its way to blu-ray until now so thankfully paramount has rectified that i don't think there are any extras here but uh anyway uh defending your life has been issued by criterion and uh this is uh obviously the albert brooks film that also co-stars meryl streep where he's Killed and has to defend his life so he can get to heaven and so it's a, it's a good comedy one of the one of the best of uh, Albert Brooks. Uh, of course, I'm a fan of Albert Brooks, so it's hard to pick which one is the best, but it's 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 definitely good. I think he he speaks my language and uh, this is uh, I, 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 uh, have enjoyed this one over the years and uh, there's some new extras he participated in some of the extras. He, there's an interview with him on this uh, as part of the new Criterion extras that are here along with some others. Uh, but, yeah, Defending Your Life has been issued by Criterion.
1: See, I've always been a fan of the uh, – of the uh, what's the romance movie?
0: Modern Romance? Love it.
1: I've always preferred Modern Romance over Lost in America.
0: I do, too. I do, too. I mean, I like Lost in America, but I think Modern Romance works – it's stronger for me, too. Yeah, I totally agree, yeah yeah i uh I, i'm a fan of the muse that he did in 1999 yeah
1: that's hard to find anymore
0: yeah i have it i have a, a copy of it on. Yeah. well i know you have it
1: but yeah. <laughs> uh you know mere mortals out here it's uh
0: <laughs> yeah i re that from time to time it's it's really a, a a funny funny movie i think and uh yeah and then he made one more movie and that was it he made the uh what was it uh, searching for comedy in the muslim yeah, world which was not it. funny it was not that's the worst of his uh, output I think and uh, yeah and I think real li- that and the first one real life I think it has some hit and miss it's kind of hit and miss as well it, it has mm. some good moments but doesn't quite hang together and the last one is like you said not good so in between that there's some really good work that he did I, I wish he would step up and do another film as a director and writer but uh, I don't know that that may be in the past Uh, But anyway, Isle of the Dead, starring Boris Karloff from 1945, has been issued by Warner Archive with a new transfer, and uh, I think there are a few extras here, I I believe, but uh, that's one I did not get a review copy of, but um, anyway, it's uh, one of these uh, uh, atmospheric horror films from the 40s, along the lines of Cat People, and some of those like that. Uh, I know there are a lot of fans of it that were super excited about its release. And here's a real curio for you from Severin Films. We were talking about them earlier. How about Nosferatu in Venus starring Klaus Kinski, which is supposedly a sequel to Nosferatu, the 1979 Werner Herzog film. Now, I wasn't aware of this one. I'll be honest. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> it uh, The press release I have says, what was intended to be – an unofficial sequel to Werner Herzog's Nosferatu instead became one of the most notoriously fascinating productions in Euro cult history. Um, Klaus Kinski gives his penultimate performance as the legendary vampire resurrected in modern-day Venice. Uh, Donald Pleasance and Christopher Plummer. Oh, in Venice,
1: Nosferatu in Venice.
0: Yeah, Venice. I thought you yes. said
1: Venus. I thought it was some kind of like celestial god or something. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Uh, yeah, the music is by – we just talked about this guy the other uh, night uh, on a private conversation. Van Gallis does the music for this film,
1: mm.
0: and it has five different directors. Uh, I have a feeling that they probably quit. Because
1: Klaus Kinski uh, killed the other four.
0: <laughs> exactly. That's what I was getting to. Now, the real selling point for this disc may be – a documentary on here that's called Creation is Violent, a new feature-length documentary on Kinski's final years. Uh-huh. So uh, that may be the real selling point. The film itself, <coughs> I'm not sure, but uh, this documentary is getting a good word of mouth, and um, I-, I can imagine it's probably good. I'm a huge fan of the My Best Fiend, uh-huh. which is the documentary that Werner Herzog did on him. That is highly recommended by yours truly
1: yeah he's quite and, something you know yeah. and of that same ilk even though he wasn't he's not crazy but he always has this weird vibe on camera is Udo Kier
0: oh yeah
1: I was watching some documentary on Andy Warhol's factory and Udo Kier was friends with Warhol and he's one of the interview subjects and he he comes across as relative for him relatively normal it was the it was almost the most unsettling I've ever seen him <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, let's see what else we have here. We've got just a few more. We're we're uh, we're closing out on the, as I said, the final day of the month, the final release day of the month, rather. Uh, we have Girl Interrupted from 1999. I, obviously an Oscar winner, uh, Angelina Jolie picking up the prize there uh, for supporting actress. And this has been issued by Sony, I think, as one of their uh, on-demand discs. When you order it, and they press it when they, you know, so. Anyway, uh, we have Amazons and Barbarian Queen, which are two films uh, – I'm not sure. I think Amazons might be a TV film and Barbarian Queen. Not sure about that. 1985 and 86, these films were made. These are uh, from Shout Factory. Uh, I think maybe Roger Corman's company had something to do with these. It might be an offshoot of this. But anyway, uh, LUST. Caution. The Ang Lee film from 2007 has been reissued by Kino in its complete, unedited version. And then we have uh, the 1996 film Secrets and Lies, Uh, Mike Lee's uh, very well-reviewed film and still very potent film about a woman who's seeking out her biological mother. I think this is one of Mike Lee's strongest films, and I rewatched it, and it really, really holds up. Mm -hmm. This new uh, Criterion Edition, it has a new conversation between Mike Lee and composer Gary Yershon, a new conversation between actor Marianne Jean-Baptiste with film critic Karina Antrobus, audio interview with Lee, conducted by film critic uh, Michelle Ciment, in 1996, a trailer, so uh, in... um, uh, you know, so there's some some new extras and a new transfer here approved by Mike Lee. It's uh, one of his strongest works. Uh, highly recommends Secrets and Lies. Uh, it is it is very good indeed. And then we have another Severin Films release from 1973, Scream in the Streets. This is a uh, Anyway, it's uh, a a build as a still-startling sickie about a pair of LAPD detectives hunting a transvestite psychopath through a polyester jungle of massage parlor perverts, suburban sex fiends, violence-crazed cops, and one of the worst examples of cross-dressing ever filmed, says Digitally Obsessed. Uh, We have Joshua Bryant, Sandy Carey, Linda York, and Sharon Kelly... Uh, In this film from uh, director Carl Monson, who also directed uh, "Please Don't Eat My Mother" (laughs) from 1972, Uh, I don't think there any. Yeah, there is one extra here: the peeper, two sexy shorts produced from a Scream in the Street outtakes, and then trailers. So a Scream in the Street from Severin Films. Uh, That should be a curio. Can't wait to get to that one. so The Bermuda Depths from 1978 is an interesting uh, television film. One of the few that – there were three, I think, television films that were produced by Rankin and Bass. Now, we remember Rankin and Bass, obviously, from their uh, animated uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and all those Christmas specials, the Frosty the Snowman. But they did a few live-action television films, I think three of them. One of them is The Last Dinosaur, and a lot of people want that one out on Blu-ray, but they can't seem to find the masters for that. So they've had trouble, but uh, they did another one the following year in 78, The Bermuda Dips, and this is a very strange film. Uh, I had heard about it but had never seen it, but uh, it aired in January 1978 on ABC – and it has this huge cult following. When you go online, it's just amazing the people on IMDb that fondly remember this film, and they have all these wonderful memories of the film. And so I went in to watch it, and uh, yeah, yeah, I, I guess I would have loved it a lot more if I'd seen it when it originally aired, but I did not, and it just was a little uh, hokey for me. But for people who love this film, and I know there are many out there I wanted to mention, it's uh, basically about this um gigantic sea turtle that's actually a woman and she's it's, it's kind of like uh, you know these mermaid films instead of being a mermaid she's a gigantic sea turtle and uh, this man falls in love with her not realizing who she really is and and you have burl ives as this uh fisherman who's out there to, to kill the giant sea turtle not not realizing it. it's, it's really a a woman as well and you have carl weathers in this film too believe it or not and connie selica is the uh is the sea turtle, uh, well, when she's a female anyway. So anyway, this includes both the, uh, the 1.33 to one U S broadcast version. And it also includes the widescreen international theatrical version, which is, uh, actually pretty, perf- pretty, looks pretty good. The transfer on this is amazing. Uh, the critical merits, notwithstanding, this is an amazing for a television film. I could not believe how great this looks. So mm. if you are a fan of the Bermuda depths, it, I mean, the, the colors just pop, because it's uh, obviously filmed in Bermuda, and the the blues on the water is just just uh, it's it's amazing. I cannot say enough good things about the transfer. But uh, anyway, you know, like I said, I know there are a lot of people who love this film, so I can't I can't uh, I'm, I'm not really going to say yay or nay on this. But you know who you are, and there's an audio commentary here as well by Amanda Reyes, who's a the uh, TV movie historian. She has her own podcast where she talks about te- pretty much exclusively television films. And mm. then you have Lance Bond, uh, who's the co-founder of Kinder Trauma. He uh, he also contributes here with the audio commentary. I, but yeah, I know if you were a cer- of a certain age and you saw this film, uh, apparently it stays with you. And I was that certain age when it aired, but I just didn't see it unfortunately. And I I kind of regret that I didn't because I I probably would have had very fond memories had I seen it then, but. Anyway, and then we'll go out uh, with a couple of keynote titles here. Uh, a Pain in the Ass from 1973, which was remade as Buddy Buddy. We'll go Buddy. out
1: with a pain in the ass.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, well, you know that was remade as Buddy Buddy, which was Billy Wilder's final film in 1981. It's the same film, it was just Americanized hmm. as, uh, as Buddy Buddy, which is another film I can't imagine. I don't know why that has not been issued uh, officially on DVD or Blu-ray because uh, Buddy Buddy is the only Billy Wilder film that I know of that has not has never been released either on DVD or Blu-ray. So, uh, And I would like to have it. It's not a perfect film, but it has its charms. And Rosebud from 1975, which was an Otto Priminger film when he was not really at the height of his game, starring Peter O'Toole and Cliff Gorman and Richard Attenborough and Stiletto, based on the Harold Robbins novel – uh, and starring Alex Cord. That's another Kino release there. And uh, the projectionist, which is a 2019 documentary.
1: Ferrara, about, right?
0: Uh, no, this is a documentary actually. Uh, it's about this uh, uh, about this film archivist I believe it is. It's uh yeah. A film director converses with the proprietor of a cinema complex in Queens about the 1970s era of filmmaking and exhibition in New York City. Yes, it is Abel Ferrara. You are yeah. correct. I was thinking of something else. Yeah, when things are edgier and sleazier than they are in today's cleaned-up scene. You're correct. Abel Ferrara directs.
1: Yeah, he's got to be. You put those words sleazy. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all in. The, Abel Ferrara has got to be close by. Yeah. I like Abel Ferrara. He was a pleasant guy.
0: Yeah. Yes, he was. He is, he is, he is, he is, he is. Sorry. Uh, and then we have, um, oh, I spoke too soon. Yeah, this is not the keynote title. That's right. Isn't she great? Bette Midler and Nathan Lane. This was No, biopic. she is Jacqueline. not. <laughs> yes. Jacqueline Suzanne biopic, right? I think that's what it was.
1: Biopic. I don't have any idea. I can see the poster.
0: Yeah. With Farina
1: think, and Bette Midler.
0: Yeah. I think it was a, a biopic of uh, Jacqueline Suzanne who wrote, Valley of the Dolls but they do it in a it's a comedic take on it it's not a serious take on it which I think it would have been a much more interesting film had they done it that way but uh, that's not the way they chose Oh, I guess it. it's
1: Nathan Lane is it not Dennis Farina what is the it is
0: you're thinking about um, oh uh, the I can't think of the name of it it's the one from a couple of years before that uh, 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 what is the name of that that old feeling that old feeling, yes. That old feeling, that's it. Yeah, yeah. this was directed by Andrew Bergman, mm-hmm. who you know, famously uh, uh, wrote The In-Laws and co-wrote Blazing Saddles and the film of uh, Fletch. So, you know, written by Paul Rudnick, this is, but it's a, it's a comedic take on the life of Jacqueline Suzanne. So, I never did see it. I can't really say, but it has a... Midler and Lane and Stocker Channing and David Hyde Pierce and Amanda Peet and John Cleese and uh, you know I, I do think Jacqueline Suzanne had an interesting life but I I, I just wasn't ready for a, a a comedy version of it so anyway uh, there is that and I think we might have one more title this is from Cohen Media Group. And this is uh, Journeys Through French Cinema, which is a documentary about uh, uh, French cinema, and it's directed by Bertrand Tavernier, who oh, wow. just passed away this past mm. week. So we just lost him. But it's a 2016 documentary. Uh, it's a three and a half hour tour through French film history. So, uh, you know, if you ever felt like you were lacking in your French film history knowledge, well, this. Documentary uh, has been issued by Cohen Media Group, and it's 459 minutes, as I said. So, there you go. Mm. So, anyway, uh, you know, that pretty much takes care of the Blu ray releases for the month of March.